in his in his word in a very simple way it is a session is a time where we allow God to enable us to develop a deeper craving for his word amen and so if you are with us either on Facebook live or on the phones uh, God bless you for being part of what the Lord is doing in our generation and I believe that the word of God is going to come forth in clarity amen the Holy Ghost is the master teacher I'm just a tool amen and so this uh, Reverend Solomon Wilson it does a time to share with you in the word of God amen for some time now we we've start we've talked about um, faith made simple amen Faith is a very, very important subject when it comes to our work with God because it defines our, our work with God. It defines our Christian work. It defines everything that pertains to our lives. Amen. In fact, our very work with God starts off with faith. It is maintained through faith. And Jesus is coming again to come and find those that are still in the faith. Amen. So it's all about faith. Amen. And so for the last um, eight weeks today, being the eight week, we've been talking about uh, faith made simple and we talked about a whole lot of things we are taking it uh, a verse at a time at a minute from Hebrews chapter 11 we've talked about verse 1 the definition of faith we talked about the verse 2 uh, we talked about the verse 3 we talked about the verse 4 and to, uh, from last week and this week we've been talking about uh, the verse 5 amen and so verse 5 to 8 is where we are zeroing in now on this part of our series because we just entered into the second part amen and so before we continue we're going to read hebrews chapter 11 5 to 8 which is going to be the basis for our, our lessons from the weeks that are ahead we started last week amen and so i'm going to read from the king james version so stay with me if you are on please share the video share the link and just let your loved ones not miss this at all because it's time to uh, to fall in love with God to reason together in the word of God and see how faith grows in our hearts as we hear the word of God amen and so I'm reading from the King James Version Hebrews 11 5 and uh, 5 to 8 I read it says by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and not and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. That's the verse 5. And the verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. That's the verse 6. The verse 7. By faith Noah being warned of, 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 of God of things not yet, yet seen, moved with faith, prepared an act to the saving of his house by which he uh, condemned the world and because and, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith amen and in the verse 8 it says by faith abraham when was called to go out into a place which he should after receive as an inheritance obeyed he obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went amen and so these are the series of scriptures that we'll be looking at we will be looking into within the next weeks. And so we started talking about the verse 5. And we established the fact that by faith we are able to overcome death and sin. That was what we talked about over a period of a couple of weeks. And so this week we're going to go to the B bit of the verse 5. Hebrews chapter 11. And so the B bit says this. It says before his translation 
he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. And if you read the King James Version, you can see that proud to this section of the verse, there was a colon there. That is to say that all the things that he talked about in the first bit is being explained. And so the meaning of Enoch being translated was because of faith. The meaning why he did not see death is because of his faith. And because the main reason why he walked in that dimension of life is that he walked in faith and because of that he obtained a good testimony. Amen. And so the testimony says that he pleased God. Amen. And so that is going to be our verse for today. So I want you to stay with me. We started off this lesson last week, but we're going to continue. So stay with me. And so today's lesson is entitled, Faith Tells Your Testimony. Faith tells your your testimony. Amen. Faith tells your testimony. Amen. And so stay with me. We're going to go through it. and, and, And we thank God that... The Spirit of God is with us to grant us understanding. Amen. So we're going to talk about faith tells your testimony. So going back to the Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. Stay with me. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was translated, that was taken up, that he should not see death. He was not found in the realms of the flesh, because God has taken him up. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. And so that is the scripture for today. Amen. So let's form the basis for our lesson. We started off last week. We established the fact that Enoch was taken up and did not see death because of his faith. Because of his faith, he did not see death. Amen. We also said last week that Enoch had a testimonial faith. Enoch had a testimonial faith. He had a testimony because the faith that he had spoke or told that testimony. Amen. And so he was known by the faith and he was known for his faith. He was known by his faith and he was known for his faith. Amen. And because of that, he pleased God. His faith pleased God. And because of that, God translated him or made him not to see death But he had power over death. The Bible says that he was caught up with God. He was taken up with God. Amen. He was translated and did not die because of faith. Amen. And so faith tells our testimony. And so for us to go on, we're going to explain what it means to have a testimony or what a testimony is all about. There's just a general interpretation or meaning or definition of testimony. Testimony is either spoken or is either written. But it's a statement that testifies that something is true, especially given in the law court, uh, to give a clear proof that something is true. Amen. And so testimony is either spoken or is either written. But one thing that a testimony does, that it proves that something is true. It gives a clear proof of something. Amen. And so if God says that before Enoch was translated, he had a testimony, it means that he had a written or probably a written or um, spoken testimony that whatever was spoken of him concerning the word of God and concerning the expectation of God's word with with regards to his life was true. Amen. And so because it was um, testified to be true by God and by men, the Bible says that he was taken up into the heavens. Amen. He was taken up by God. Amen. So now let's stay with me. Your testimony is a weapon 
Your testimony is a weapon. Your faith determines your testimony. Your testimony is a weapon and it's your faith that determines your testimony. And so the testimony about Enoch was written or was told by his faith. It was determined by his faith. Amen. And so the clarity of your testimony is dependent or is determined by your faith. If your, your testimony is clear, I was blind and now I can see. I was a sinner but now I'm saved. If your testimony is clear, it means that it has been determined by faith. Amen. Because the Bible says that with our heart we believe and with our mouth we confess unto salvation. And so the clarity of your testimony is determined by your faith. And so your testimony about your salvation, your testimony about your healing, your testimony about your, your deliverance, your testimony about your miracle is all determined by your faith. Amen. And so the testimony of Enoch was determined by faith. Amen. We also said that your faith speaks in your defense. Your faith speaks in your defense. If you have faith, the faith allows you to have a testimony and that testimony speaks in your defense. And so your testimony speaks in your defense. Amen. Now we also established this last week that the purity of your faith determines the validity of your testimony. That is to say that if your faith is free of fear, if your faith is free of doubt, if your, fear, your faith is free of double-mindedness, it determines the validity of your testimony. And so it means that you can receive the testimony for healing if you are believing God fully, with no fear, with no doubt, with no double-mindedness. Uh, double Amen. And so the purity of your faith determines your validity of your testimony. Right, Manuel, God bless you. It's our cause. God bless you for being part of what the Lord is doing. Amen. You are welcome. Faith made simple. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. When you faith, when your faith is tempered with, then your testimony is also tempered with. If your faith is shaky, then your testimony is also shaky. If your faith is tempered with, that means that your testimony now becomes invalid. And so if we want to carry and bear a solid and a valid testimony, then we have not to temper, we don't temper with our faith. We don't temper our faith with fear. We don't temper our faith with doubt. Amen. And so when our faith is tempered with, our testimony becomes invalid. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's appreciate this before we go to our first scripture for today. I think we made reference to it quickly last week, but we're going to start off from there. But the nature of your testimony is determined by the nature of your destiny. I'll say it again. The nature of your testimony determines the nature of your destiny. The destiny of Enoch was that he should not see death. And because of the nature of his testimony that he pleased God, the Bible says that his destiny was determined by that nature of his testimony. And because he pleased God by his faith, the Bible says that he did not see death. Amen. And so if you want to change your destiny, then hold on to your testimony. If you want to change your destiny, don't let go your testimony. Amen. And so in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11, we read this last week. It says this, and they overcame him. That is making reference to the enemy, making reference to Satan. It says, and they overcame him. Who are they being referred to in the scripture? They as the church, they as the saints. 
And the Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the lamp and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. It means that their convictions were so strong that they were willing and ready to die because of their faith. Amen. And so the Bible says that they overcame him by the word of their testimony and by the word, uh, by the blood of the lamp and by the word of their testimony. Amen. Now let's appreciate these principles. There is victory in the blood of Christ. There is victory in the blood of Christ, the lamp of God. Christ's victory over Satan forms the foundation for our victory. And so that's what it means. It means that when you tap into the victory that Christ has given unto us by virtue of his death, then we are beginning or we begin to walk in a life of victory. And so he says that we overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Why? Because the lamb has died and been crucified on, on Calvary prophetically. And the Bible says it's been said that it, because the blood has been shed because of the dead lamb, it says that we have victory. Amen. And so you declare prophetically even in advance that Father, because Jesus has died for me and because of his work on Calvary, I claim victory in Jesus' name. Amen. And so there's victory in the blood of Jesus. And Christ's victory forms the template for our victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay with me. We are building on gradually. Today's lesson is your faith tells your testimony. Your faith tells your testimony. Amen. They held onto their faith. That's making reference to Revelation stop. They held onto their faith. They held onto their faith. They held onto their conviction. Even at the point of death. That is why they walked in victory. Because they held on to their conviction. They believed that there is power in the blood of Christ. They believed in the testimony of God. They believed in the testimony of his word. And because of that, they were even ready to die. Amen. Their testimony was a weapon against Satan. Now let's appreciate this. Your testimony is a weapon. And so if God has healed you. Anytime anybody is stricken with any kind of illness, or if it happens that you fall ill again, you have a testimony that God healed you, and it becomes a tool, it becomes a weapon in your hand against Satan. And so the enemy is afraid of you because you have a weapon in the form of your testimony. And it tells the enemy that you are walking in victory. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. That your faith and conviction about the death of Christ releases victory. Victory is released in your life. When you have faith and strong convictions about the death of Christ. It says that I may know him. Be made conformable unto his death. And see the power of his resurrection. Understanding the power and having faith in the power of his death. And having faith in the work of, uh, of, of Christ on Calvary releases victory. It releases the power of God and it causes us to walk in victory. Amen. And so your faith and conviction about the death of Christ releases victory. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. Now I want us to look at these words. I want us to take note of these words. Testament, faith and testimony. Testament, faith, and testimony. Amen. Testament has to say that testament is God's testimony. Amen. Testament is God's word. 
Testament is God's covenant. Testament is God's promises. Amen. And so we're going to see the link between testament, faith, and testimony. Or we can say the link between God's testimony, faith, and your testimony. Amen. So stay with me. When I was praying in the course of the day, the Spirit of the Lord was just ministering to me concerning these three words. And I believe that God wants us to look at this in the context of the fact that our faith tells our testimony. Now let's appreciate this. Your faith draws the testament of God. Your faith draws from the testament of God. And so when you hear the word of God, which is the testament of God, your faith draws from it. And so when God's words say that you are healed, your faith draws from that and then it changes that testament and it changes that word into a testimony. I say it again. Your faith draws from the testament of God. That is to say that your faith draws from the word of God. And when it draws from the word of God, it changes the word of God or it changes the testament of God into your testimony. Amen. And so the more you allow your faith to draw from the testament of God, it detects the kind of testimony that you have. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. The link between testament, the testament of God, and our testimony is faith. And so we can look at this in this in this wise. That testament is on the left, faith lies in the middle, and testimony, your testimony, lies to the right. And so the link between the testament of God, the link between the promises of God, the link between the word of God and your testimony is your faith. And so your faith tells and detects your testimony in relation to the testament of God. Amen. Your testament is that your testimony is the testament of God in action or emotion. I'll say it again. Your testimony is the testament of God in action or at work, in your life or in your situation. And so the testimonies that people have is just the testament of God, the word of God, in action in their lives through faith. Amen. And so when we tap into the word of God with faith, it enables us to convert the testament of God, the word of God and what God says concerning us into our testimony. Amen. And so now let's, Make a link with Enoch in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. Enoch took the testament of God. He took the requirement of God. He took that which God wanted him to do. And he applied it in faith. He says that I want to walk with God. I believe he said that. If not, he said it, but he lived it. And Bible says that he lived with God. He walked with God and in faith. And so because of that, he applied the faith to the word of God and then had a testimony. And so the testimony that was told of Enoch was from his faith in the testament of God. Amen. And so therefore, your testimony is determined by the testament that you connect with by your faith. I'll say it again. Your testimony, your victory, or anything that is productive about your life your miracle, your increase, whatever you are believing God for is determined by the testament that you are connected with by your faith. And so you know the word of God says that I'm delivered, I'm free. And if you understand that, 
you tap into it, you're connected by faith, and it becomes not just the testament of God, but it becomes your testimony. Amen. So it's very important to know how to change the testament of God, which is the word of God, into our testimony by faith. Amen. Now stay with me. Your testimony is the practical manifestation of the testament of God in your life. Put it in another way. Your testimony is the practical manifestation of the testament of God in your life through faith. And so the word of God becomes practical. It becomes manifest in your life when you tap into it by faith. Amen. And so you have a testimony from the testament of God through your connection by faith. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. In the context of the Hebrew, uh, in the context of the Revelation 12, 11 that we read, it says we overcame. And so we have victory. Now listen to this. Your testimony of victory is the manifestation of the testament of victory. I say it again. Your testimony of victory, the victory that you have, is a manifestation of the testament of God concerning victory. And so if you have a revelation concerning victory in your life, concerning the word of God, and in relation to the word of God, and you tap into it, it manifests into victory in your life. Amen. And so your testimony of victory is a manifestation of the testament of victory. That is the word of victory in your life. And so if you are believing God for victory, what you need to do is to connect with the word of God that talks about victory and connect it by faith. And then it becomes your testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we're going to go to our next scripture for today. We're going to look at um, Mark chapter 14. Mark 14. Thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 14, we are reading from 55 to 56. And I'm reading from the Amplified um, Version, the Amplified Bible. Stay with me. It says, Now the chief priest and the entire council, that is the Sahindrin and the Jewish high court, were trying to obtain they were trying to obtain testimony against Jesus, which they could use to have him condemned and executed, but they were not finding any. Verse 56, for many people were giving false testimony against him, but their testimonies were not consistent. Amen. Now, what us to appreciate the scripture. The Bible says that Jesus was brought before the Sahindrin. Jesus was brought before the Jewish high court. And for them to be able to execute him and able to condemn him, they needed a testimony. They needed to obtain witnesses. They needed to obtain something that they can use against him. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. They are chief priests. They are the most highest in authority in the land. Yet they needed a testimony. Amen. Now the ministry of Jesus was about to come to an end. In fact, it was coming to the most important part of his ministry. That's the death on Christ. On, 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 on Calvary. On the cross. But let's appreciate this. This was not made possible until a testimony was obtained. 
That is how useful a testimony is. And so the destiny and the ministry of Jesus needed a testimony to proceed. You get it? It means that our lives, our victories, our ministries require testimonies to be able to go on and, and thrive. Amen. And so the Bible says that they tried to obtain a testimony against Jesus. That is to say that a testimony can be for you or against you. In the case of Revelation 12 verse 11, their testimony worked in their favor. It was for them because their testimony gave them victory over the enemy. And so these people were looking out for testimony to be used against Jesus. Amen. One other thing that I want us to appreciate concerning this scripture is that they were looking for a testimony to use. It means that testimonies as they stand by themselves are meant to be used. They are not meant to be sat on, but they are meant to be used. And so if God heals you, we have a testimony that God heals. And that testimony becomes something that you use to fight against the enemy concerning healing and divine healing. Amen. And so they were looking for a testimony so that they can use against Jesus. And this was what the testimony was meant to do. It was meant to bring condemnation and it was meant to bring his death. Amen. And so your testimony can either vindicate you or can free you. Your testimony can condemn you or it can accuse you. And so it is very important for us to allow our faith in the testament of God, our faith in the word of God to tell our testimonies. Because when our faith in the word of God tells our testimony, it can only be in our favor and not against us. Amen. But listen to this. The Bible says they were looking out for testimonies. They were looking out for witnesses. And the Bible says that they were not finding any. Because it was so difficult for Jesus to be accused. Is it so difficult for the enemy to level an accusation against you? Or to have a testimony against you? Or it's so easy? In Jesus' case, it was difficult for the enemy to level an accusation against him based on the testimony that they gave concerning him. So in verse 56 of Mark 14, it says this, For many, that is to say many people were given false testimonies. Now listen to this. They were given testimonies, but they were not strong enough to execute that which they wanted to do. Their testimonies were not real. They were made up. That is to say that we can make up testimonies. And when these testimonies are not based on the truth of God's word, they cannot execute that which God wants to do in our lives. Amen. And the Bible says that there were many of them, but there were false ones. So it means that testimonies can be true and testimonies can be false. I'm going to the last bit of the verse 56 and then I'm going to raise a few more principles. It says, but their testimonies were not consistent. Now listen to this. A testimony that is based on faith, that is developed and told out of faith, is always consistent. 
That is why Enoch lived for 635 years with consistency. Because he had that testimony that was told of him based on faith in the testament of God. He knew what God required of him and so he lived by that word. He clinged to that word. He had faith and conviction towards that word. And because of that, his testimony was consistent to everybody around him at that time. Even including God himself, ultimately. God had a a consistency about the testimony that Enoch had. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. In the context of the scripture that we just read. In Mark 14, 55 to 56. Jesus' life and indeed his ministry was dependent on the testimony that he bore or was shared about him. Jesus' life and indeed his ministry at this point of scripture was dependent on the testimony. So the testimonies were either determined that Jesus ought to be killed or not. Because that's what they were looking out for. There are certain stages in our lives that all that the enemy wants to see is that we have a testimony. All that God wants to see from us is that we are full of conviction concerning his testament. That we are ready to believe him even when it's not manifested yet. Amen. And so the faith of Jesus could not be determined without witnesses or without a testimony. The faith of Jesus or the faith of Christ could not be determined without witnesses or testimony. Amen. We thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now stay with me in Mark 14, 55 to 56. Now listen to this. Valid testimonies are based on two witnesses. And in this case, Jesus, in Jesus' case, they needed a consistent, at least two consistent testimonies for them to accuse Jesus. In Numbers 35 verse 30, the Bible says in case anyone or somebody kills someone, it says that there is required to have two testimonies for that person to be punished. And in John 8 verse 17, it says that according to your own law, you cannot accept anything or execute anything unless there's two or more testimonies. And so the people were bent on having at least a couple or more testimonies against Jesus for them to execute their plan. Amen. And so your testimony determines your destiny. I'll say it again. Your testimony determines your destiny. It means that what God has spoken into your life and what you have tapped into by your faith concerning the word of God will determine your destiny. And so your testimony is determined or determines your destiny. Amen. So the stronger your testimony, the more clear your destiny becomes. Amen. So let your faith tell a life-changing testimony about you. I'll say it again. And so let our faith tell a life-changing testimony about us. In the case of Enoch, He had a life-changing testimony which was spoken or told by his faith. And so the Bible says that by his faith, he was taken up into the heavens. And before he was taken up, he had a testimony which was made available by his faith in the testament of God. And because of that, he had a life-changing testimony that is one of the few that did not die by 
got up into the heavens with their, even their physical body. Amen. Now, let's appreciate this. We said before, when we are looking at the scripture, that your testimony can work for you or against you. In the case of Jesus, they were looking out for a testimony that will work against him. So the testimony about you as a result of your faith can either condemn or vindicate, vindicate you. So the testimony that you have about you can either condemn you or vindicate you. Stay with me. So your testimony can condemn and vindicate you depending on its nature. Depending on the nature of your testimony. This is the nature of my testimony. I was a sinner, but now I've been saved by grace. And because you understand that by faith you tapped into the salvation of God, this is your testimony. And because of that testimony, you are not condemned. You are now free from sin. You are no, there's no longer condemnation for whoever that is in Christ. Because you tapped into that testimony by your faith. And so depending on the nature of your testimony, depending on how and when it is used, your testimony can either condemn you or vindicate you. Amen. So now let's appreciate this. Therefore, let your faith, let no testimony, therefore let no testimony that is intended to execute and to destroy you be found. I say this again. It is very direct. Let no testimony that is intended to execute or destroy your life and ministry, your marriage, be found of you. Because the Bible says that they were trying to find a basis for accusation of Jesus, for, condemn, for condemning Jesus and killing him. And the Bible says that they could not find any, even though they tried so hard. It is so simple for accusations to be leveled against us. What is that testimony that we have concerning us? Is it a testimony that causes us to be destroyed? Or it causes us to be victorious? Amen. Let your faith tell your testimony. Don't let men tell your testimony. They were looking out for men to tell their testimony about Jesus. But God's testimony about us is what matters. Amen. And so, let your faith. Tell your testimony. Let your faith in the testament of God. Let your faith in the testimony of God concerning you. Tell your testimony. Amen. Now stay with me. For the testimony of the enemy. May the testimony of the enemy. Prophetic. I want us to receive it. May the testimony of the enemy. That is the accuser of the brethren. May the testimony, the testimony of the enemy against you and your loved ones be inconsistent and flawed and false. I claim it. I say it again. May the testimony of the enemy against you and your loved ones be inconsistent and flawed and false. So it means that the enemy tries everything possible. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He tries everything possible to accuse us and to level false testimony about us. But we need to understand that God has changed our testimony because of our faith in his testament. Amen. And so may the testimony of the enemy against you and your loved ones be inconsistent, flawed, and false. 
Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. It means that a faithful testimony, uh, a testimony that is written or told by faith, is consistent. They had a false testimony about Jesus because it was not coming out of their faith in the testament of God or in the word of God. They were just trying to make up stories against him. And so a faithful testimony is always consistent. There's a proof to show that God saved me. There's a proof to show that I was healed. And when you are asked to say it a hundred times, you say the same thing because it is something that happened. The disciples who say that the things that we've seen and things that we've heard, things that we have experienced is what we testify about. It means that when we ask them a hundred times, they will say the same thing because a faithful testimony is consistent. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, 55 to 56, and the Bible says and many people testified, but it was still false. It was inconsistent. Now listen to this. That's what it means. It means that the volume of your testimony is not as important as the, uh, if it's not verified by the word of God. I'll say it again. The volume of your testimony is not important if your testimony is not verified by the word of God. And so their testimony against Jesus was not verified by the word of God. And so it was flawed and it was false. Your testimony should be based on the testament of God. I say it again. Your testimony should be based on the testament of God. It should be based on the word of God. Your testimony should be based on the word of God. That is the only way you can achieve a true testimony. Amen. Now stay with me. Making some few points, some few principles. Now stay with me. A testimony that is based on faith is consistent. A testimony that is based on faith is consistent. Now the second point I want to make mention is that a testimony can be false. Is a testimony about you false? Is your testimony false or true? Your testimony should be based on the truth of God's word. Amen. You can see people come on, on TV and um, in programs and they tell all these sort of testimonies saying that God has healed them. And some of these ones are, are, are sometimes made up. They are false ones because they are not based on real experience or practical manifestation of the testament of God in the lives of the people. But I pray that our testimonies will be true. Amen. And so this explains why Enoch was consistent in his work with God for those years. He was full of faith and he connected to the testament of God by his faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now I think we can go on to our next, next scripture. 3 John chapter 1 verse 12. 3 John chapter 1 verse 12. I read from the Amplified Version. Demetrius has received a good testimony and commendation from everyone and from the truth that is the standard of God's word itself. And we add our testimony and speak well of him. And you know that our testimony is true. Amen. Now, let's appreciate this. 3 John 1, 12. It says, Demetrius have received a good testimony and commendation from everyone 
That is the consistency that I'm talking about. It is not just a few, but everybody know that you used to be an unsaved person. You used to be a sinner, but now you are saved. Everybody knew that you are not well and now you are delivered. When Jesus prayed the prayer of deliverance for the madman, the Bible says that when they saw him, they saw him as the madman that lived in the cave. And so the Bible says that a good testimony and the commendation that Dimitri received was consistent from everyone. That is number one. Number two, and it says, and from the truth itself, that is, Based on the standard of God's word, it was verified to be true. Now, number three, it says, and we add to that testimony. We speak well of him. And so he received endorsement because of his testimony also. And then he finishes up by saying that you know that our testimony is true. And so John was just not writing this, but it was, he was writing it out of the truth of God's word. It says my testimony is true. The commendation and the testimony of Demetrius is true. And the testimony of the people concerning him is also true. So on three levels. Amen. Now let's appreciate what we can get more from this scripture. Third John chapter 1 verse 12. Demetrius received a good testimony and commendation. That was confirmed by everyone. Consistently true. Because for, for some of us, we have dual identities. For some places, they know us as a transformed person, as a believer. But there are certain places, our testimonies are different. But the Bible says that in the case of Demetrius, it was so consistent that everybody gave him a good testimony and a commendation. His testimony was public. Going back to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. And the Bible says that it was known of Enoch. That he pleased God. It means that the testimony of Enoch was public. The testimony of Demetrius was public. Everybody knew that he had a good testimony. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. His testimony was based on the truth of the word of God. It says according to the standard of God. According to the standard of the truth itself. Your convictions in and about the testament of God determines the true nature of your testimony. And so the more you are convinced about the word of God, the more you are full of faith concerning what God says about your life, the more true your testimony becomes. And so you are convinced that God has healed me. I'm convinced that I shall be the head and not the tail. If you are convinced of this, then it comes true as a testimony in your life. Amen. We said it uh, in, in the course of a lesson proud to this, that your faith enables the testament of God to become your testimony. Your faith enables the testimony of God concerning you to become real in your life. Amen. Now let's appreciate this. Still based on 3 John 1 verse 12. The validity of your testimony how valid your testimony is. It's not complete until or unless it is tested against the word of God. If you are walking in purity and righteousness, is it against the word of God or you're only pretending? Is your te testimony real? Yeah, it is real because God said in his word concerning my childbirth, 
and me being able to walk in prosperity because it says that I wish above all things that I prosper. And it's against the word of God that I know that it has been fulfilled in my life. Amen. So remember that your faith is what connects the testament of God to your testimony. Remember, your faith is what connects the testament of God to your testimony. Amen. And so if your faith is not connected to the testament of God, if your faith is not connected to the word of God, you don't have a testimony. Amen. And so after we've learned to understand that we can tap into the word of God by faith, then we begin to have testimonies upon testimonies. Amen. Another thing that I want us to take note of concerning 3 John 1 verse 12 is that your testimony brings endorsement. That's why people want to fake their testimony. Your testimony brings endorsement. So your testimony in life, your testimony and your CV are concerning your professional work tells you or brings you to a place of endorsement. And so your testimony brings endorsement. And so if you have a right testimony, then you have the correct testimony. If you have a true testimony, which is based on your faith in the testament of God, that the endorsement of God comes over your life and your ministry. Because that's what it says in 3 John 1 verse 12. It says, we add, we endorse Demetrius. We say good things about him because we have that conviction that is true. Amen. And so your testimony brings about endorsement of your life and your ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we're going to quickly move on to our next scripture. Probably it's going to be our last scripture for today, but stay with me. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. And I'm reading the Amplified Version. John chapter 5, 31 and 32. I read. If I alone testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. My testimony is not valid. 32. There is another my father, who testifies about me, and I know without any doubt that his testimony on my behalf is true and valid. Hmm. This verse is loaded. Now stay with me. Even Jesus, who is meant to be the word of God, needed a testimony about him. And so he says in this, that if I testify about myself, that is invalid. But I have another person. I have God, my father, to testify on my behalf. So he knew who God has made him. He knew that he was one with God. He was convinced of, of his ability. He was convinced of his ministry. Yet he needed the testament of the father concerning him. He needed the testimony of the father concerning him. And so it says that I have another who's going to testify about me. Who's going to testify about me. Now let's appreciate this. It says he testifies about me and I know that is the statement of faith. Remember we are talking about the fact that it's your faith that tells your testimony. It says that I know. It means that I believe. I'm convinced. I'm persuaded that his testimony about me is true and valid. Now, 
I believe that God wants to speak to us directly. Now listen to me. I don't know what you are believing God for. But this is what Jesus is saying. That the testimony of God concerning your situation is the true and the valid one. So it means that it might not look it now. But what does God say concerning your situation? What does your faith allow you to tell about the situation? It says that I know that the testimony of the Father about me is true and valid. So all that we need to do, as we said before, is to connect our faith with the testament of God, with the testimony of God, and then it turns into a testimony. So it is our faith that tells the testimony. And so Jesus says that I know, that is to say that I believe, that is to say that I have faith, that the testimony of the Father concerning me is the true one. So you have failed, but the testimony of the word of God or the testament of the word of God concerning you, the testament of God concerning you is that you are victorious because you are born of God. And so your faith taps into it and then it becomes your testimony. Amen. And so Jesus says, I know that whatever the Father says of me is true and valid. Okay. One thing that Jesus was also highlighting from John chapter 5, 31 and 32 is that he was also highlighting the need to validate a testimony. You know, your, your testimony has to be validated. It says that when I speak of myself, it's not valid, it's invalid. But I need somebody greater and superior. Somebody that spoke the world into existence. Somebody that has a different testimony about me to speak concerning my life. And so he's highlighting the fact that our testimonies ought to be valid and true. Amen. So Jesus' testimony is validated or was validated by his faith in the testament of the Father about him. He says, I know. Now, as soon as Jesus says, I know, it means that whatever the Father will say will be that which will prevail. Amen. It says, I believe in the testament of the Father. I believe in the word of God. And so because I believe in the word of God, I'm going to write a different testimony about me. Because my faith is going to tell it. Amen. Now let's also appreciate this. Your testimony is not valid until and unless it's validated by the word of God. If the word of God says it is, then it is. If the word of God says that you shall receive, then it is. That is what validates. It's not about people's opinion. They think that you don't deserve it. They think that you cannot achieve. They think that you cannot excel. But what does the testament of God say concerning you? That is what matters. It is the testimony of God about you that matters. Make God's testimony about you your testimony. Now listen to that again. Make God's testimony about you be your testimony. And so what God says about you, you connect it with faith and it becomes real in your life. Amen. Now I'm going to say a couple of points. Stay with me. Like Jesus, Enoch had a valid and true testimony about him. Like Jesus, Enoch, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5, he had a valid and a true testimony about him because of his faith 
in the testament of God. Because of his faith in the testament of God, he had a valid testimony about him. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we've got some few minutes left. Let's see what we can do. We're just going to read a scripture. Still in John chapter 5. And then we're going to have a word of prayer and see what God will bring into our lives. Amen. John chapter 5 verse 36. John chapter 5 verse 36. I'm reading the Amplified Version. It says, But the testimony which I have is far greater hmm, than the testimony of John. For the works that the Father has given me to finish. That's the very same works. That is the miracles and the proof of my deity. That I am doing testifies about me by providing evidence that the Father has sent me. Amen. Now let's appreciate the scripture again. Jesus now says in verse 31, it says, whatever the Father says concerning me is valid and true. Now in the 36 says this, that the testimony that was spoken of me by John the Baptist, I have even a greater testimony. Why? Because I have connected with the Father and I have connected with the testament of the Father concerning me. And so it is greater. That is to say that the testimony of people about you is lesser than what God says about you. What God's word says about you is far greater a testimony. And so allow your faith to tell that testimony about you. And it says, this is how God tells the testimony. It says, because of the works that he has given unto me, the working of the miracles and the proof of the power of God shows that I have a testimony. There is an evidence to show that God has sent me. There's an evidence to show that God has sent me. Amen. And so now let's appreciate this. Let's appreciate this. If you happen to be on the prayer line and scatter, we can come back to Facebook Live. We just want to do just five minutes and we are done. Okay, let's appreciate this. Testimonies should be backed by works. Testimonies should be backed by works. Amen. Testimonies should be backed by works. Amen. Now stay with me. Just a couple of minutes just trying to connect now. Yes, Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Stay with me. Now we are still in Luke, um, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Verse 36. John chapter 5, verse 36. Yes, yeah, stay with me. Okay. So now we just got connected. Okay. Now the testimony that we have should be backed by works. Amen. Should be backed by works. And that's what Jesus was saying. He says that the testimony that I have is greater. Because my testimony is backed by works. Amen. Testimonies are not just words of mouth. But works of God. I say it again. Testimonies are not just words of the mouth, but works of God. Amen. And so Jesus says that, not because John said it, but I have a greater testimony because the Father has backed my testimony with works. Amen. And so testimonies are not just words of mouth, but works of God. Amen. Number two, 
John gives a testimony of Christ. But the greatest testimony was the validation of Christ's testimony by the Father. John gave a testimony of Christ, but the greatest was the testimony that the Father gave to him. Amen. Or gave concerning him. Amen. Now I'm going to make just make a last statement. God validates your testimony with works. God validates your testimony with works. God validated the testimony of Enoch by translating him. And so the testimony of Enoch was true. That he pleased God. And God showed it with works. By taking him up and translating him into the heavens. Amen. We're going to have a word of prayer. What we've talked about today's session is that your faith tells your testimony. I don't know the kind of testimony that you have received from people. I don't know what people say about you. I don't know the kind of testimony that life is telling you. But tonight, uh, this afternoon or this morning, depending on where you are, you're going to be saying that God, let our faith in your testament say a different testimony about us. Let our faith in your word write and say a different testimony about us because that is the true proof of that which you have given unto us. The clear proof against the accuser of the brethren. In the court of the spirit, we have won the case because we have a proof, we have a testimony. And that testimony is what we get because we have faith in the testament of God. Let's pray. Father God, we give you praise and glory. We honor you, O God, in the name of Jesus for the insight in your word. We pray that you continue to teach us your word concerning having to let our faith tell our testimony. We will not allow anybody to tell our testimony, but we allow you to tell our testimony, even as we connect with our testament, with our faith. We thank you. We give you all the praise and glory. And we thank you for what you are teaching us. Teach us more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God willing, it's a prophetic night on the prayer line tonight. But next week, we are back on Faith made simple. We're going to finish off with faith tells your testimony. Don't miss it at all. God richly bless us all. Amen. Amen. God bless us. Amen.